everyone. Welcome to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, episode number 128, and the third episode of the year 2020. This is a weekly show covering all the games made in Canada and the people who create them. My name's Steven, spelled with a P-H and an A, one of the main dudes behind CanadianGameDevs.com. Joining me this week, of course, the other main dude, another Steven, spelled P-H and an E. I had three different email interactions with people this week who all were like, wait, there's two Stevens? I was like, yes, there's two Stevens. We know. We're sorry. It's just how it, the stars aligned, and, and maybe it was any, meant to be. Can't do anything about it. Yeah, exactly. Synergy. Um, I mean, to be fair, email my email is steve at canadiangamedoves.com, mm-hmm. and yours is steven at, at mm-hmm. canadiangamedoves.com, so at least there is a mistake there. There is. It, could you imagine if it was P-H-A and then P-H-E? Like, people yeah, mix them all up. Exactly. So. Hmm. Anywho, CanadianGameDevs.com is supported by our amazing patrons over on Patreon.com slash CanadianGameDevs, where backing us gets you early access to the show, early access to interviews, an exclusive channel on our Discord, and new feature of 2020, uh, we're giving out games. So we bought the Australia Humble Bundle, or rather Steve bought the Australia Fire Relief Humble Bundle to support the uh, firefighting efforts in Australia. And we've been giving out the keys to our lovely patrons for any of the games. Um, we're going to do that for a couple more days, we think, right, Steve? And then we're going to yeah. just give them out to whoever first come, first serve. Yeah, exactly. You get, like, because you get one code or whatever. So it's first come, first serve for patrons. So I, mm-hmm. so I think the big, I forgot which ones have already been taken, but the big ones. Um, once, once patron, once like people on Patreon like kind of don't care anymore. Then uh, I will. I'll just put it out to the general populace, and you'll probably have to join the Discord or something like that to get it. But. Yeah. So follow us on Twitter to hear about that. All right. Now we're gonna start with events. I got a lot of events to plug. I sometime at the start of January. I forget. It's been a long month. Pulled like all the different location channels on our Discord to get people to send us events and stuff. Um, so I'm gonna try and just go through all those in chronological order of like when the events are happening, and hopefully I don't mess it up. Uh, so first up, tickets are going on sale this coming week for Icontopia, which, if you don't know, is a new event we got DM'd about on Twitter. It is, let me see if I, I can get the official description. No movie theater voice, because that's reserved. But it is... <laughs> wait, wait, let me see. An extraordinary expo of esports, collectibles, cosplay, celebrities, streaming, and games. Coming to Toronto... May 14th to 16th, 2020. Uh, and so tickets go on sale for pre-sale on the 27th of January, so probably by the time you're listening to this. And you can go to iconatopia.com. That's icon and then atopia, I guess the best way. And this is, uh, we got plugged from Iconic Entertainment on the on Twitter. So thanks, Iconic. Yeah, and just as a reminder, like all these will go on the site as well. So if, if you're... You know, like, where do I see this? Just go to our events. On yeah, there's, a, there's an events part on the website. So just go there if you like can't click on it right now or whatever. It's at... Hold on, I found the... No, no, no. It's at the Riveria Events and Convention Center in Vaughan. That's a nice oh, looking building. Oh. Okay, okay. All right, next event. I'm just going to try and fly through these. Dan C on our Discord wanted to plug the... January board game night in Kitchener. Uh, so this is Tuesday, January 28th, for, uh, starting at 7 p.m. at the Adventures Guild in Kitchener. So it might be over by the time you're listening to this. But if it's not, you can go play games with some of the Kitchener-Waterloo game dev community. Board games specifically, I think. Uh, and yeah, good way to network, good way to play some board games. Go check it out. Thank you, Dan C. Uh, Dune World Jeff wanted to plug the Global Game Jam Halifax location. 
Uh, and we have a whole channel set up on our Discord for the, all the Global Game Jam stuff. So if you want to find your closest location, head over there and hang it. Or you can also just go to the Global Game Jam website. But a bunch of the Canadian Game Devs community is you know trying to connect with each other. And the Halifax one is at the Volta in, on Barrington Street in Halifax, which is literally the street I work on. No. Uh, it's a really cool building. Uh, I think if you're in Halifax or can get to Halifax um, January 31st to February 2nd, you should because that seems pretty cool. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other locations all across Canada happening, of course, that same weekend. Um, but yeah, go to our Discord and join that. It's a cool building on, on Barrington Street, which is like, if you've ever been to Halifax, there's like a huge clock that everyone knows. It's like the old clock that overlooks downtown. And then there's the big Citadel Hill. And Barrington Street is like that street right in front of that. It's, it's pretty pretty cool. So, yeah, go check that out. All right. The Indie Mixer. <laughs> <laughs> a speed networking event for indie game devs is happening February 5th uh, from 7 to 10 p.m. at the Hive Esports Bar in Toronto. The Hive, cool esports bar. I went there for the Scavengers, like, launch party. And it was really funny because, like, I didn't, I was just in Toronto, like on a whim. I'm never in Toronto. And like my friend was like, hey, there's a, an esports bar having a thing tonight. And I'm like, oh, that sounds awful. I hate esports in most bars. But we went and it was like this launch party for this game. And I was like, this is sick. And like the developers are there and we're hanging out. It's a really cool space. And it's a good networking event. Speed networking. I guess there's only three hours. So shake a lot of hands, hand out a lot of cards. Uh, yeah, February 5th. And we'll have that up on our site too. But you can also just find Indie Mixer for tickets. Okay, next up. Ben Micklemoyle in our Discord uh, wanted to plug London Game Jam, returning for its third year, uh, Friday, March 6th to 8th, in the beautiful Innovation Works in downtown London, Ontario. Um, yeah, find that on our site. Also, just search London Game Jam. The Hand Eye Society's Comics X Games Festival is coming to TCAF, which is the Toronto Comics Art Festival, uh, which is May 9th and 10th in Toronto. Um, this is the 8th Comics X Games event put on by the Hand Eye Society. And the main location for the Toronto Comics Art Festival is the Toronto Reference Library, but this event is going to be off-site somewhere close, though. Um, and you can still apply with your game. So if you can get to Toronto, and they even said on the thing or on the event page I read, if you can, if you can't get to Toronto, but but they want to show your game, they will still have like they'll set up a table with your game and have someone just hang out to show it to people, which oh. I think is great for people who can't get to Toronto because yeah, Toronto is expensive sure. and there's a lot of developers all over Canada. Um, but yeah, definitely go check that out, uh, Hand Eye Society, or again on the events page on our site. Two more, kind of related. Um, the XP Game Summit, of course, Canada's little GDC we've been talking about on the show the past couple times. Coming April 8th to 9th. Uh, it's going to be convention, or no, sorry, not convention, conference with talks, as well as like an exhibition area, and the return of the Canadian Game Awards. I don't get why award shows are always like, like the Oscars and all this stuff's like two or three months after I don't care about the last year. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Well, that's the thing with the the video game awards. At least it's in mm -hmm. December. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, they always count like the last two weeks for like the next year. So that's why Smash was up for nomination this year is because it came out so late last year, which is a little confusing, but it's okay. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, Joff's trying his best, uh, and Jason's trying his best with XP Game Summit. So go check out xpgamesummit.ca. And also announced this week, EGLX, of course, is returning to downtown Toronto, October 18th, 20th, same place where Fan Expo is, the Metro Convention Center. Um, and there'll be a lot of big stuff, like this year's new consoles, um, 
there's some new big esports games coming out. Overwatch 2 won't be out yet, but everything else will still be going on. They're done with them. Um, the big one when I was there and you were there was Rainbow Six, and Rainbow Six is kind of <sighs> ending. Last last. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was just wondering that. Actually, I'm going to look that up when the next Rainbow Rainbow Six game is. I forget what it's, I keep forgetting what it's called. So the there will be probably a new big either Ubisoft or other Canadian esports game there. Not sure Rain- what it'll be. Rainbow Six Quarantine is the new one, and it's set. For Isn't that a? It's like a four player. Isn't that like a... a oh, co-op? it's PvE, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it might not be that. It might not be a Ubisoft game. It could be something else. I don't know. I want to see more sports stuff. I really like watching, like... Um, actually, I don't really watch all the esports, but I tuned into the Madden ones occasionally. That's oh, a really? EA joint. But you and don't even yeah, like sports. It's just, I know. It's just football, but, like, digital. They always have the guy in the bottom left with all the... He's, like, this fake jersey. Esports players shouldn't wear jerseys. You wear jerseys because you sweat a lot, and I get that you gotta put branding somewhere. But esports players should just wear like a nice, comfy hoodie, you know? Because I, it's a joke to me. To me personally, I don't I know, man. Do you ever, do you ever play? You ever get an intense match and your hands get sweaty and stuff? But like, I've been in those like <laughs> arenas, and the air conditioning is very intense, and those people get chilly. The first thing I see them do when they get off is like put a jacket on. So I think they should wear hoodies. Hmm. That's my take. Hot take. Well, maybe you should open up your own esports event. Maybe I will. <laughs> Steve's sports. Do you get it? Because like the E and Steven. Yeah, there you go. Good one. Okay, that was all the events. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for everyone on our Discord. And again, these will all be on the site, canadiangamedevs.com slash events. Um, so go check those out. Did I miss anything, Steve? Uh, not that I know of. Uh, we should talk about the jobs that are posted on the site if we're done with events, though. We are. I'm going to talk about jobs now. Or do you want to? Because I have the list up here. If you have the list, you can talk about them. All right, we have a whole bunch of jobs on our site. People are hiring. It's crazy. It's like the games industry is growing so much every year or something. But Canuck Play is looking for game developer, technical animator, and QA tester. Uh, Canuck Play, of course, made one of CanadianGameDevs.com's top games of 2019, Doug Flutie's Maximum Football. Uh, Stitch Media is looking for a technical artist and a 3D artist. I don't know what Stitch Media does. I feel bad. I feel like I should know. Um, uh, mobile games, I believe, mostly. Oh, sick. Uh, is it A-minus design or A-game design? Uh, A-game design, I believe. Okay. A-game design is looking for a Unity 2D slash C-sharp programmer. Uh, so if you are one or two of those, ideally two of those, you apply for that. Clipwire Games is looking for a 2D mobile game UI artist. That's so specific. And a lead programmer. Um, Clipwire Games. Where do I know that from? What do they do? Uh, I believe also mobile games. Man, mobile games make money. That's in Toronto. Maybe I should say where these all are too, huh? Uh, yeah, the majority of them are in Toronto. The uh, the 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 Canuck Play Games is in Peterborough. Gotcha. And lastly, Certain Affinity is looking for a gameplay programmer, senior gameplay programmer, and lead designer. I like those. Oh, those are two different ones. You're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a gameplay programmer. I don't know if I'm a senior gameplay programmer. Like well, it's different. It's fun yeah, to look at. Different requirements and stuff, right? Yeah. So check out all of those on our site at, I don't know what the exact URL is, canadiangamedevs.com slash jobs. Super easy. There you go. Yeah, and apply for all of those. Get paid, make games. Live the dream. <sighs> Live the dream. I saw a really depressing. So every year the GDC does like a survey of uh, like 
the three or four thousand people who like pre-register and the average time people spend in the games industry is like five to seven years and there and it's like uh, you can look at this graph and it just drops for like the amount of time they spend in the industry because of how burnt out everyone gets mm. and it was like a super depressing graph most graphs are though these days and it makes me really wish that <coughs> games would become an industry that's more regulated in nine to five and have the opportunity to you know live a healthy normal life like I the wonder industry did I wonder if that's uh how that compares to tech because a lot of the thing th- I, I kind of tweet about this. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't have to get into this right now, but I, um, cause what was the game? A game got delayed and, and they said like, yo, we're going to have to crunch. Like we're going to cyberpunk 2077. <clears throat> yeah. So Kotaku posted about that mm-hmm. and there hasn't really been, I've, I don't work in video games. I think a lot of people know that, but I do work in tech and I've worked in tech for like six years now, I, mm-hmm. but there hasn't been any, um, anything that I see that happens with video game industry, mm-hmm. like like crunch, like tech, like sexism, and all this stuff that I don't see in tech, anyways, like in the tech world that I exist in. Right. And I wonder if it's like regulation. I don't know why. Like I don't see like I I've never gotten any calls for like unionization or anything like that when it comes to like you know the the IT that I work in or the support or anything like that. But mm-hmm. if you see it all the time with like video game developers. I'm wondering why it's kind of like separate almost from like other tech positions and i wonder like if people kind of get tired how you mentioned like people stay in the video game industry for like five six seven years or whatever on average i wonder how that compares to just like general tech in general yeah tech in general i know because there, like, there's something that's different about video game development or at least the passion that people have for it versus mm-hmm. like other just kind of tech like roles like the developer of like all the app like you know a sun life developer who makes all the apps and stuff for for like insurance and all this shit mm. seems to be a very different industry, even though they're like pretty similar than you know the the a game app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I know tech. I don't have the answer. I'm just I'm just opening it up there. That turnover um, is a lot of like people moving around too, like in still exploitive things, but they they move away from games. Yeah, and but I think that. To your point is more of a, and we probably shouldn't spend too long on this, but a like unionized experience versus non-unionized experience. Cause like there was a big thing at GDC and like uh, Tim Schafer made a bunch of jokes about it. He was like talking about all the other people running this convention, like the staff, the lighting crew, uh, the people filming, all these people were unionized and talking to them was like, yeah, I work nine to five. I get benefits. I have a pension building up. And there's all these game developers who come to GDC and are like, I don't know what I'm doing if this game doesn't sell. I'm more double mortgaging my house and, and like, I can't oh, have time to hate, go talk to my I, kids. And Yeah, I always hate those stories. I hate when people mortgage their freaking house and stuff. On, I all got blown anything. up because of the Cuphead guys. And they made I it know. very clear. They were like... We were in a. We had a construction company before we started doing this. If the game sold zero copies, we would have been back in the black in like nine months, nine to twelve months. Like, the, and they were like, "Don't!" But everyone just takes that headline of like they ho- they mortgaged their house because they wanted to follow their passion, and now they're all millionaires. And you should do the same thing. And they're like, "No, we were in a very secure place where that was fine to do." They also got Microsoft funding, so I mean, get that Microsoft money. If you're mortgaging your house or whatever, it's burning the or your parents' house or what have you, and and you don't got, you know, and you're not getting the Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo boost as well. That's scary, man. I couldn't do that. I I used to be a big fan of Dragon's Den and, and Shark Tank and stuff like that, and you would, mm-hmm. you would see people just pitch like the wor- the stupidest ideas, <laughs> and and the 
the you know the, the investors would just be like, what have you what money have you put into this? And they're just like, oh, I I've, I've I've you know I've liquidated all my assets. I've put all, everything I have into this. And I'm just like, oh, it hurts so no. much. Like I feel so bad. I'm like, why are you doing this? Oh man, the hard times uh, or hard drive has a good article. It's like. Solo Indie Studio announces devastating company-wide layoffs. <laughs> oh I, I, that's funny. Anyway. Uh, anyways. Anyways, lots of jobs, though. There's a lot of growth yeah, yeah. this quarter, at least, or in this uh, yeah. first week. If you want to stay in the games industry even longer, go check out CanadianGamers.com slash jobs. Um, now on to the news. I got two news stories for you this week, Steve. First up, Actual Sunlight is coming to Switch January 2020. Will O'Neill's interactive story game about love, depression, and corporation. Is that supposed to say corporation or co- cooperation? I think it's corporation. No, it's, it's corporation. Okay. It's coming to Nintendo Switch at the end of the month. Originally released on Windows in 2013. And then Vita, Love, yeah. in 2015. Uh, Actual Sunlight has you play Evan Winter, an overweight, lonely, depressed professional. <laughs> Quote, I know what you're thinking. Why keep getting up day in, day out, even though your life is going nowhere? End quote. Uh, if that sounds like a game you want to try, check it out on January 28th, this Tuesday. For twelve fifty nine Canadian, what a reasonable price for an indie game. Have you uh, have you played this game? I have not played this game. Have you? Uh, yeah, it's, so it's a it's an easy one hundred percent on on Vita. There's no platinum, but easy one hundred percent. Yeah, it's basically you play as like a dude who's depressed, um, and it is corporation because it's it's a lot of uh, kind of anti corporation stuff. Like the, you'll look at your your credit card balance or your bank balance. And they'll just say like minus a hundred dollars. Thanks for Ouch. choosing so such and so's bank. Have a great day. Relatable. Um, yeah, <laughs> and so it has a lot, of, a lot of kind of anti-consumerism stuff. Um, and it, it's 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 an interesting story. Like you can beat it. You play and beat it in like two hours, and there's no reason to kind of go back to it or whatever. But I enjoyed, you know, when I played it. Um, you might have it. Uh, you know, people who are big PlayStation people and would have downloaded all the PlayStation Plus games back in the day, you might already have this because it was a PlayStation Plus game. Was it? Yeah, it was. Oh my god, do I have this? So what you might have like... it on Vita. Um, I'm more than certain it was. But uh, no, it's 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 a good story. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's a fun game. Like, there's nothing really fun about it. It's a really depressing story, but it, it's it's solid. Like, if you you got to be in the right mindset for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would recommend checking it out. It, 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 like I said, or like I wrote, it, it is available in different things, like on Switch, on PC, on Vita. Um, so you got a lot and of mobile. different ways. And mobile. So you got a lot of different options to play it. Oh, shit, I do have it. There you go. Wow, I can play this. Amazing. Easy 100%, bro. All right. Um, last bit of news. Speaking of Project Darwin Project, why did I say... I said Scavengers earlier when I was talking about going to the esports park because they're the studio. The game's called Darwin Project. Uh, oh, you went Royale. to the launch. Pro- oh, you went to the launch story for or launch party for that. Yeah, I keep mixing uh-huh. up. The, the studio's called Scavengers. Yeah, the yeah, game's yeah. called Darwin Project, and because I was there meeting a bunch of people from Scavengers, which is the studio. Um, but that was like I don't know two summers ago, one summer ago. It was on Xbox Game Preview, which is where I played yeah. it. They gave out like matches because it's like a game set in like the the winter. Like little matchbooks with this, the game logo on. It's pretty cool. Oh, and it's cool. out. It's finally out on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Full release. Launched in yeah. early access on March of 2018. <clears throat> yeah, which I, I guess is when I would have gone to that. I played it uh, earlier this week, but it, it they I don't know how you do this. They launched it, and the trophies didn't work. And so oh, no. I, I was just like, well, this will take like a week to patch. And sure enough, it did. But I haven't gone back to it because I was scared that I would miss out on 
um, trophies on trophies. Which, is there a platinum, Steve? Uh, there's not a platinum. For some reason, these free-to-play games don't get platinums. Like, um, Dauntless doesn't have a platinum either. It's kind of infuriating. You need to do the, and I maintain achievements are still better than trophies, the Xbox model of a standard requirement of every game that releases with on Xbox. You need to have a 1,000 gamer score, at least this many achievements, and boom. Then it's just you know even playing field across the, the whole thing. Because this makes all these games where, like, because I am in the very privileged position where I have a PS4 and an Xbox One, and sometimes I think about these trophy achievement things. I look at a game like Firewatch on PS4 has like four bronze trophies. Yeah. Which also has the same four achievements, but for a thousand gamer score. I'm like, oh, I'll just play it on Xbox. Well, I, at the start, didn't Xbox, wouldn't, wouldn't indie games have like 200 gamer score or 250 gamer score? Yeah. They started yeah. the 1000 gamer score standard with the launch of the Xbox One. Oh, uh, okay. I see. Mm hmm. Um, but then Xbox does things I don't like where as soon as they add DLC, it takes away your game complete. Whereas like PlayStation just does different lists after the platinum. Yeah. I like there's, that. There's at pros least, and cons. It, it also shows you a little platinum icon. Um, when, when you get it. So even like in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, for instance, like in Spider-Man, if you didn't do all the DLC, like I had like 60% of those games, mm -hmm. but you still get the little, uh, you know, the little icon. Like, I have 62% of the trophies in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and that includes mm -hmm. one of the DLC chapters, but I got the Platinum. So at least you see the Platinum. You know, we could you know. design a better system, I think, is what we're saying, Steve. Well, maybe in the next year. Maybe. We'll, we'll see something better. Maybe. But that's it for the news. <laughs> I got one more, actually. You got one more. Hit me. Uh, and actually, you got a code for this, I think. But Super Crush KO is out on, uh, oh, shit. on Switch and Steam right now. Um, it's really good. This, so this is from Vertex Pop, who made uh, We Are Doomed and oh, what was the other game? What was the Graceful Explosion? Graceful machine. Explosion Machine, one of my um, favorite Switch games. Let me pull. Let me pull up like the sort of the copy or whatever of the game. Oh, I can pull it up. This game is dope. It's gorgeous, and the artist on this game just got hired by Drinkbox, so no surprise there. Yeah. So have you? So you've been playing it? I have been playing it. Uh, I wanted to try and review it for my blog, but then I got super busy. Um, but we're gonna—we've added it to our Steam Curator page on Steam. Also, go follow our Steam Curator page on on Steam uh, to see us recommend a whole bunch of Canadian indie games that, that you can pick up on Steam. Um, super Crush KO is a fast-paced brawler set in a vibrant near-future city. Zip up your favorite neon jacket. Jacket. I, why did I say jacket twice? And combo your... I had like a little stroke there. And combo your way through swarms of deadly enemy robots to save your kidnapped kitten. And while you're at it, uh, all of humanity from an AI apocalypse. But more importantly, your kitten. This kitten is so fat, Steve. It's an, an obese cat. Really? I, I, think no his name, was, I had no idea I think there was his a name's Chubbs. It's like Chubbs with a Z, maybe. Is there a screenshot of the cat? I want to see this. Oh, the cat's so fat. And there's so the game's broken up into chapters. There's like... Five chapters, like five levels each, I think, or four. And it's <laughs> yeah. like 20 levels. But in between every uh, chapter is like this really nice, like comic book style cutscene. Um, and the cat is so fat. And I love him. Uh, this game's gorgeous. And it's really tight. Like it feels so good. Like it's hitting that, like, it's hitting that single screen beat em up vibe that like Guacamole gave me. Um, so is it, so actually, I got two questions then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hit me. Did you did you play Graceful Explosion Machine? I did. Did and how is it like? How do you are we it's allowed very, to say? Are we, oh wait, it's out yeah, now. yeah, it's out now, yeah. But it's very very different because Graceful Explosion Machine is like a arcadey, yeah. um, 
single it's like um resogun essentially yeah where you go back and forth shoot and do stuff like that where super crush ko is very linear and then you, you as you progress like the screen will freeze in place and the enemies will come in um but it has also that arcade element to it of like you got to keep up your combo and mixing up moves and not letting the timer run out between hitting enemies and then you can like a d c a b s rank the different screens um I personally like Super Crush KO more than Graceful Explosion Machine, and I really liked Graceful Explosion Machine, hmm. uh, just because this game has so it's so cute. It's it looks so good, and a lot of people I show it to, and I remember Brett was kind of poo pooing on it because he was like, I don't really like how it looks, but the looks are deceiving because it is a very tight uh, platforming beat 'em up. Like the I, there were so many cool moments where like you dodge through enemies, and there's like a, a tight time to dodge through, and you get behind them and like beat them up and Every time I finish a screen with like S rank and like you get the little cat meow at the end, it feels really good. This game feels really good. Hmm. Hmm. Spoilers for my games I've been playing lately. <laughs> um, so I'm play, I, playing this, it's good. I might uh, do I. So now I want to pick it up because I really did like Graceful Explosion Machine. But now I'm I'm finding you know it's, it's the Switch versus it's the trophies versus non trophies. It's coming to is it coming to PS4 soon? I'm, it has to be. I'm PS4. more concerned. It is. Graceful Explosion Machine did. Yeah. After and so I feel fact. like I feel like this is gonna be more of like Yeah, so currently out on Switch and Steam. Um but it'll most definitely come to PS4. Didn't yeah. Graceful Explosion Machine came to PS4, We Are Doomed came to PS4, and Vita. Um and Xbox One. So yeah, this this has they have the dev kit. It's there. They're working on it. Um you gotta flip the switch to, to launch though. So flip the switch. Let's just see actually if uh, it's, it says anything official on the website. I'm, I'm on the press kit right now. Don't and? see any any indication of PS4. Um, but don't let that stop you. You could you could pick it up on on Steam. Yeah, but there's no. So, I don't so get trophies cute. on Steam. Oh, dude, it's so cute. That's true. You get achievements and they're stupid. Yeah, I hate but Steam achievements. <laughs> see, the thing is, it's not about. Uh, it's not about the idea of just it's it's the overall trophy thing because there is like Nintendo Switch games that have like achievements in the thing, but it's mm. it's the it's the PlayStation like level like that's mm. what I like chasing. So mm. even though like Steam has achievements, like I don't really care about my Steam achievement score, and and on Xbox I don't really care about my gamer score. It's like the PlayStation achievement or trophies that I care mm-hmm. about. Um, yeah, this actually does look really dope. Yeah, I don't see anything about PS4. It's got I I gotta imagine though it's coming to PS4. And, Xbox at some point. It, it it most certainly will. No yeah. no confirmation, but I I'd be surprised if it didn't. I'll marinate on this one. I'll I'll add to the wish list. You can play the ding right here if you want. Um, I'll add to the wish list on on Steam or on uh, Switch, and maybe I'll pick it up. Maybe I'll wait for a sale. I don't know. I want I want to okay. play it though because I did like Graceful Explosion. Machine. But you should add the okay. Thing. Okay, I'll, no, I'll add it. Don't worry. Right, cool. <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of wish lists, as that's it for the news. You go. Uh, now we're going to talk about three games in this segment I called Wishlist This uh, that you can add to your wishlist right now. Uh, this was inspired by Brett and Steven's frequent wishlisting of games during the show, and so I decided, what the hey, let's make it a whole segment. And I pull our Twitter and Facebook, asking people to send in games, and I highlight three upcoming Canadian-made games that you all have to wishlist, you all, it's just you, uh, right now. <laughs> First up... Uh, Y'all... Chaotic Era from Bobby, which is 
the name of the studio, I think. And their website's just bobbybobbybobby.com, which is really funny. Uh, which is just Gabriel O'Flather, O'Flaherty Chan and Kevin Donnelly, two very Irish names, uh, coming summer 2020 to iOS. And you can sign up for the beta right now on their website, bobbybobbybobby.com. Quote. <clears throat> not on iOS. You're throwing your... I was searching it on Steam, and it's not on... No, no, I'm, I'm hitting you with a curveball here. Also, you should okay. you should just be in this document with me, because I link everything. Okay. Let me, let me just... Well, I'm, I'm, but I'm coming from the person who's listening to the podcast. Who can't. That's true. That's true. Who can't? But uh, I'll send it on Discord anyway. Uh, now, explore the edges of time and space as you grow your civilization from a single planet to a vast interstellar empire over millions of years. The universe is chaotic and a hostile place. As your population expands, you'll face harsh challenges of a civilization stretched across the stars. Build a fleet of specialized starships to navigate the universe and reach new worlds, gathering resources and keeping your population from falling to mass extinction. So this studio made another iOS game called Emoji Live or something, um, mm. which had a couple of glowing reviews from like big tech sites. Uh, and this is, seems to be their first like big game game. You know, like there's games and there's like game games. Chaotic Era looks like a game game. And you can sign up for the beta. Uh, yeah, go to bobbybobbybobby.com. I, uh, as I was it? trying to search for it on Steam, I'm, I'm on bobbybobby.com right now. But as I was searching for Chaotic Era on Steam, again, it's not on Steam, uh, I came across the Chaotic Workshop, which was a game from 2018 that I remembered, and, and you, can, uh, you can buy it right now as, as a heads up. I remember Is that a Canadian game? Yeah, we're from Burlington. Oh, that's sick. Um, um, so wait, how do I wishlist... You just sign up for their mailing list, and then it puts you on the beta list. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I'll do Scoop. that. Is it done? It's done. It's done. All right. Next up, Super Rocket Ride from Cosmo Cat Games right here in Nova Scotia, coming to Steam 2020. Their whole Steam description is, quote, hardcore retro action, rocket go boom, exclamation point. Um, so that's all I had to go off from Steam. But it's been described as a 16-bit old-school lander game. So you know these games where like the physics is all kind of funny because like you only can project up from the bottom, yeah, and that's how you like maneuver. Um, it's coming out, yeah, Steam twenty twenty, Super Rocket Ride, Cosmo Cat Games, and shout out to Cosmo Cat, the first studio on Steam to use the Steam Curator Connect feature. So this is a feature I wasn't aware about until recently, where once you have a curator page on Steam, any developer on Steam can just send you any or all of their games and they just add it to your steam library and you can just play it and then add it to your curator page so they sent our the entire catalog so St steve since you're a admin on the steam curator page go check that out um and they just adds it to your steam library and you can try it and super rocket ride has like a beta build that like it has a steam page so i'm gonna be checking that out this week wait um, so all these cosmo cat games i can just yeah buy? you can just right. play it still has the price for me. Oh, you got to go to the curator page. I'll, I'll tell you how to do it later. Needless right. to say, thank you, Cosmo Cat Games. Um, we're excited to cover Super Rocket Ride and all your other games that I haven't played, but some of them look really cool. Actually, most of them look really cool. They have a couple of 2020 games, actually. There's Tox Toxicant as well. Yeah, that one's very different, like, tonally. Yeah, which, it looks like a horror I, li I like to see that from, like, studios who have that range. Right, it won't is be wishlist just yet. Uh, oh. The uh, the Super Rocket Ride is on the wishlist. Beautiful. All right. And lastly, today on Wishlist This, 
Mighty Fight Federation from oh, Komi Games right. Inc. in Toronto is coming to Steam Early Access February 7th. Uh, and they're teasing a hashtag 12 days of fight miss starting Sunday, January 26th. Um, quote, slam opponents on... T- Ugh, I messed it up, Steve. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> in a world... No. Uh, slam opponents into walls, launch them into the air, and follow up with fast, high-flying attacks in this brand-new arena fighter. Choose from 11 different characters with unique play styles, face-off and head-to-head matches, team up with other fighters, or embrace the chaos of four-player free-for-all. Uh, so this game looks really good. You know, you see a game and you're like, ooh, this looks good. There's a werewolf with glasses and a wife beater that says swole for souls, which is really all I need to know about this game, that that kind of humor exists. It looks like, yeah, it's it's just really wild wrestling with a bunch of crazy characters. Um, and it's coming to early access February 7th. Is it early? Oh, it's early access? Really? Yeah, it's coming to early access February seventh, so then you'll be able to buy it at probably like the discounted price is usually how early access works. Yeah. Um, and then full release, who knows? Usually they post the roadmap when the game enters early access. Teasing a whole bunch of different features here. There's the there's hype energy. Dealing and receiving damage builds up hype energy. The two tiered resource can be spent on breakers, hype cancels, and activating the hype factor. Um, this game looks absurd, and I'm very here for it. So, yeah. Is it on the wish list, Steve? I did ask the wish list. Although, it's coming to consoles as well, I believe, right? If I remember. I Uh, don't know about early access, because... No, not early access, but eventually. The full game, yeah, I think so. It's coming to consoles. Uh, Let's just press contact. Hold on, press kit. Let me just see. I did add to the wish list, though, so you can... Yeah, so it is... On the press kit, it does say PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. All platforms, Delicious. Q2 2020. So, But although okay. it's, it's in early access, it was Q4 2019, so it got pushed a little bit. So no, this is still... Wait, oh, I'm, looking does, at the press, I'm looking at the press kit. When does a Q, When did the Qs end? I've never been sure about this. Like, when Typic- are the Qs? <laughs> so typically when... Okay, so companies can have different... Finan- and, and I deal with a lot of, like, sales shit a lot. So mm-hmm. companies can have their own fiscal quarter, uh, fiscal year however they want to do it. So a lot of actually game developers have their fiscal year as um, st- ending March 31st. So April 1st to March 31st is their fiscal year. The reason mm-hmm. a lot of companies do this, especially in retail, is that they want to record that sweet, delicious Christmas money um, for the fu- for like a full kind of year instead of adding, you know, because there's still sort of like a lot of sales and stuff that you got to count um, in uh, like in the tail end of December. Mm-hmm. that you'll still be kind of tracking in January and stuff like this. That's why, as well, you'll see a lot of, especially in recent years, you'll see a lot of games come out in, like, the March, you know, February-March timeline because they want to just have one big final big game before mm-hmm. their fiscal year. So, any, but you, as a company, you can have your fiscal year as any time you want. When people mention Q4, Q2, Q1, whatever, mm-hmm. as just release dates, they they are usually just going off of the typical, like, January, February, March is Q1. Mm. April, May, June is Q2. July, August, September is Q3. Uh, October, November, December is Q4. So just how just divide the year up into 12. <clears throat> Sorry, mm. into 4. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm so on they, the same page now. So when they say Q4 2019, they typically mean October, November, December. But if, if, a, if Ubisoft tomorrow says fiscal Q4 2021, 
you got to look at what their fiscal year is and what the fourth quarter of that fiscal year is, which would probably be January to March. Yeah, I remember because when Ubisoft delayed all their games last year, yeah, uh, people are like, "Oh no, we're gonna have to wait till 2020." And then people like looked into it, and it was like, "No, they just said any time in their next fiscal year, which stretches all the way to March." Yeah. So you could actually get Watch Dogs Legion or Gods and Monsters as late as 2021. Yes. Um, but they purposely leave it like vague like that to have that wiggle room. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, Mighty Fight Federation is out. In Q1, 2020. There you go. <laughs> and, um, look at these names. There's Stingray, Remy, Hype Man. I'm actually oh, man. playing a, a Weeb game that's very similar to this, so I'm actually kind of in the mood for a game like this. I'm, so okay. I'm, I'm a little more okay. excited now than you than got I two weeks. Can you sustain this this Weeb hype two weeks? I think so. Well, the, the, okay. the just the Weeb game itself is similar to this, like an arena fighter thing. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, Mighty Fight Federations on a Weeb game. But the gameplay is pretty similar to what I'm playing, what a game I'm playing right now, which I'll talk about soon. Hype is an underused mechanic in games, I think. More games should just add hype meters. I get pretty hype, man. If there was like a hype meter ongoing as I was doing well in like Apex or something, that would that would that would hype me up, you know. Remember, Instead, did you, you play? To... Uh, did you play Thousand Year Door, Mario, uh, Paper Mario? Oh, no, I think I played. No, I didn't play that one. So Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, which was the GameCube one, mm-hmm. it, every battle takes place on a stage. So similar to a hype meter, it was more like the the crowd like pleasing meter. Okay. And as as you like kind of did moves better and stuff, the crowd got excited and would throw you shit. But if you did worse, then they would just throw stuff at you and That's potentially awesome. like hurt you. It was it was an awesome mechanic, and it, I don't think it's really happened since then. I didn't. I don't think I played any Paper Mario since that game, but. It was it was awesome. That's what I think about when you say hype meter, but more games need hype meters. Yeah, not not Apex Legends though. Don't no Apex Legends needs. (laughs) Man, they're adding it like this new. Anyway, whatever. Uh, Wait, what are they doing? Complain about Apex. Season four is coming out. It's a new character. I'm losing. I'm losing steam. I haven't played it in a while. It also helps that like all the friends I played it with went on to other games, and that that like friend group was a real big part of making it fun game for me. I'll play. I'll play Apex with you. Yeah, we'll play on PS4. Here, I'll down. I'll download it right now. Actually. Oh hell yeah! Anyone who wants to actually one more person who wants to play <laughs> Apex Legends, <laughs> one please more. join Steve and I on PlayStation Four. Can you still now do duos or whatever? Um, there's a bunch of different modes now. So there's oh, uh, there's ranked. Then wait, wasn't there? Yeah, there was duos. I don't know if duos is still there. I I jumped in to play it for a bit. Um, oh, there's a PlayStation Pack. PlayStation Plus Black, sorry. Delicious. All right, let's move on to what we've been playing. Uh, And actually, I want to take this opportunity to say I got back from PAX South this week in San Antonio, Texas, and it was pretty hype. I had a lot of fun. I got to try a lot of games. Um, Met a couple couple Canadian developers, but it was mostly people from the southern U.S. or Seattle. Everyone's in Seattle. Shout out to Flight School HQ. They were right across from us, and they're from Quebec, and their game Creature in the Well debuted last year on Xbox Game Pass uh, and on Steam. Uh, and that game is really good. It's like it's like a, a action RPG pinball game. Oh. Yeah, it's good. Um, you're, it's it's uh, cel-shaded, I think is the correct term. Um, it looks really good. What was it called, sir? It's called Creature in the Well. 
Um, so I, I tried a demo at PAX South, and I got home, and I have Game Pass, so I just downloaded it and started playing it. Oh, it's on Game uh, Pass? It is on Game Pass. On, oh, sick. I don't know if it's on PC and Xbox. I know it's on Xbox for sure, because that's where I played it. It might be on PC. Yeah. Uh, it's really good, and they're really cool. There's a, there's a small team there. Um, I think they're in Montreal. I don't know for sure. It might be Quebec City. It's either one of the two, usually. Yeah, same and place. Same place. They're like an hour, <laughs> hour apart, hour and a bit. Two hours? I don't know. It's, yeah. it's good. It's good. I'd recommend trying Creature in the Well, especially if you have Game Pass. You can just literally download it and try it for an hour if you don't like it. Uninstall it. Um, yeah. And I also, it was really weird. I got like, I blew my mind for like little 20 year old Steven would be kicking himself. I went out for dinner with like Rami Ismail, who's the co founder of Vlam Beer which did Nuclear Throne and Super Crate Box and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then just a whole bunch of other indie developers, because they know him, just came over and started hanging out. And then we all went for dinner, got burritos, and I showed him Star Wars memes, and he laughed. And it was a really good time. And we, <laughs> we all talked about... We, we built Legos, and so we talked about Lego building. Sounds so that was really deep. fun. <laughs> it was, no. Yeah, my, my friend Sean, who came with me to help with our booth, just kept looking over and like rolling his eyes at me. But I, I, I'm really hyped. And I, I, was, I played it really cool. At least he said I played it cool. Um, but <laughs> I got way, to play... <laughs> Creature in the Well is on uh, PC Game Pass as well. So Perfect. So download definitely it. download it. It's good. Um, but I got to play Vlambeer's next game, which is Ultra Bugs, um, which is really good. It's, it's uh, kind of like a bullet hell um single screen thing um with a whole bunch of different ships um and if you're familiar with any of the other games it's it's that good and it looks that good and it feels that good and that one point one of the the builds glitched out and like the whole screen started shaking and it like kind of shut down and uh, he was like oh that's never happened before and i was like ah you could call it an ultra bug and we laughed uh that was probably the highlight of my whole weekend but ultra bugs is really good and i'm stoked for it and you can get all the other games on um they're all on Switch now too. Super Crate Box, it's really good. Nuclear Throne, the OG, um, and they took Ridiculous Fishing off because iOS and Android kept getting updated to the point where it broke it. So they're just gonna redo it and then re-release it. Oh yeah! Oh, I forgot all about that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's not on that. They took it off. Interesting. Yeah, or like it broke with the newer versions of the firmware. So if you didn't have it. Um, you couldn't play it anymore, so they just took it down, and they're remaking essentially from the ground up to re-release it on yeah. mobile. Yeah, yeah it, it was fun. Um, and then I met some guy from Winnipeg who worked at a studio, I think, and he was like, it was minus 40 when I left Winnipeg, and it's like 15 degrees, 20 degrees here, and we were both wearing shorts and sandals. You're like, ah. Uh, so shout out to that guy from Winnipeg who I forgot his name. But yeah, that was essentially my PAX South experience. It was a lot of fun. Um it's really small and a bunch of because um, the only other packs I'd been to was Pax West in 2016, which is mm-hmm. massive. That's like PlayStation, Xbox, Square Enix, Ubisoft, EA, that's, 2K. That's Pax Prime, right? That's like yeah, that's yeah. Like this the, is yeah. they they interchange the names. I don't know which one's like the new official name, but I always call it Pax West because the location helps me remember them or tell them apart. And it was massive. It was like six floors, and it was, it was every big studio is there. Um, but then Pack South was like the ex- exhibition hall was like one hall cut in half, and a couple like Devolver was supposed to go because they were like an hour away and they dropped out, and so it, it felt really small. Like you could have done the whole scene and tried every demo probably in like a day, probably right. half a day. Um, but you know people really go for like the hanging out, um, playing board games in the free play rooms and all the panels, of course. Oh, and I played Tunic at the Finji booth. Shout out to Finji Tunic, developed here in Halifax. Um, yeah, Finji's cool. And our and third on our most anticipated game, 
right? It was. Yeah. yeah tied for tied for third. Tied for third. Shout out One to thing time. we actually we didn't discuss that Avengers got delayed too. Oh yeah. Which, uh, we should, yeah, we could play that too. I'm so skeptical at that game, Steve. It, I don't like live service. Anytime a, a studio mentions that, I get, I get anthem flashbacks because, like, it, as soon as <laughs> you say a game's live service, that means you will support it and put effort into it so long as a bunch of people are dumping money into it. And as soon as that stops happening, as we've seen time and time again, it really just falls apart. Yeah. And um, when you're charging like seventy nine ninety nine for this experience, I really don't want that. It's weird because like, it doesn't need like like why would an Avengers game be live service like like how why like it should like an Avengers game you would think would just be a you know twenty to forty hour like action RPG game that you can play with some friends like I don't understand why it's a live service game right um, probably something to do with Marvel and money it's money that's why it's a live service game. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I mean, that's the reason why it's live service, because they saw Destiny 2 and they saw all these other games and Fortnite yeah. and shit. But all the best superhero games aren't, you know? Like, Batman Arkham Asylum, still the best superhero game. It's just a tight 20, 25-hour Metroidvania third-person. It's so good. Yeah. I compare uh-huh. every superhero game to Batman, because it just nailed, it really makes you feel like Batman. I think Spider-Man kind of beat up Batman for me now. But. See, Spider-Man... All right, this is a whole other conversation, but Spider-Man <laughs> had three big strikes against it. One did the classic open-world quantity over quality gameplay where I'm like, how many fucking backpacks does this kid have? There's like 60 backpacks, and there's yeah. like 10 different collectibles that are like that. All the tacked on like PS2 instant fail stealth sequences where I'm Mary Jane or Miles. I bought Spider-Man PS4, not Mary Jane PS4, so I want to play Spider-Man. And... The little hacking mini games and all that stuff. You can in the options just skip all those. And anytime a developer puts in like a skip this giant chunk of like the time wasting in our game, just tells me they had no confidence in it at all. Yeah, I but I don't but disagree with any of that. Although fun. I don't, I didn't mind the sneak part of Mary Jane and B Miles. Like I, I thought it was a nice break from game from like normal gameplay and stuff. Um, the backpacks, yeah, it's it's dumb, but it was kind of cool to collect those things. And the the other thing you just kind of complained about, whatever. I want to counter. I, I want to counter those three complaints with my three favorite things: <laughs> Jay Jonah Jameson's podcast, which yes, I think is so funny. Just basically, um, Alex Jones is, is yeah. They made of Alex Jones, and I'm like, yeah. oh, bold move. <laughs> Let's see if it pays off, and it did. And he was really funny, and he yelled at the interns and like screamed a lot. It was really good. Um, of course, it just, it just felt really good swinging around this. Like I would never get sick of just running up Avengers Tower, jumping off clicking L3, R3, and, like, doing the spin. It's, it's, the game felt good. Yeah. Um, and, of course, that ending. I won't spoil it. But I was genuinely like, oh, shit, they actually did that. You know? Yeah, that ending was cool. It was It was actually probably... I mean, when you say... So, for Batman, like, what's your favorite Arkham game? Uh, my favorite would be Asylum, followed closely by Knight. Actually, Knight gets a bad rap, and I understand everyone's complaints about it, but all those things didn't bother me, and, and I loved the whole Batman, Joker in your head thing i love that too um, i didn't mind the driving as much i thought i actually i'm probably in the same boat I, I think i like city the least amount although i didn't play origins um origins was broken for me on ps3 and like two or three of the trophies glitched which instantly puts a sour taste in my mouth yeah sure <sighs> by the way i'm looking at my apex legend trophies and i have a big one of my new year's resolutions this year is to get rid of all the games i have an e rank on psn mm. profiles and apex mm-hmm. legends is one of them so oh we can fix that steve don't I'm, worry I'm, don't i've worry. never went, won a game so i'm basically going to rely on you to win a game for me 
Yeah, my friend Nick and I on Xbox, we got all the achievements, and there's a couple where, like, um, you really need to help your team. Like, there's one you have to equip a gold helmet and armor at the same time. Yeah. And if any of your team takes it, they won't give it to you, but I would, like, drop it to make sure that Nick got it, and then he did the same for me. So we, we, can, we can get that up there. We can 100% that. It would take, like, probably 60, 70 matches. <laughs> I went to download it, and, and PlayStation yelled at me saying, I don't, know if, I don't have enough space on my PlayStation. So. Oh, man, that's going to be... <laughs> that's, gonna, that's the scariest thing with these new consoles, is, like... Red Dead 2 was two Blu-rays. I opened, I opened the box and took the one Blu-ray out, and there's another Blu-ray in there. I'm like, oh, shit, they gave me two copies of the game. And I was like, wait a minute. There is an install disc for a game in 20, well, 18? I was, my mind was blown. They couldn't fit it on one Blu-ray. That's it's annoying because I don't is. think developers are like, they care anymore to like. No. To no, they cr- don't. To, to, uh, Except for Nintendo. Sh- sh- Breath of the Wild is 7 gigabytes. Super Mario 3D World is 2.3 gigabytes. <laughs> Do you understand how insane that is? Super Mario 3D World, anyone, if you don't know, go look at a trailer. It's 2.3 gigabytes. No one respects your hard drive space more than Nintendo does. Well, I mean, that's because they didn't, didn't offer any hard drive space. For oh, yeah, models. that, like, what was it? 12 gig or is it 12 gigabyte the launch Wii U or like the white one something like that 24 oh man still 7 gigabytes for Breath of the Wild is Call of Duty impressive. Modern Warfare is 150 gigs and that's I mean, stupid and it's it's the type of game where I'm like I'm kind of done with it I really liked it it's a great game I think, it, I think mm. it's one of the best like better Call of Duties but now it's in the it's in the like the era for me where it's just like I'll just dabble in this you know I'll just if I want a quick match here and there I'll just play it but I can't mm. really afford the, the space anymore because it and uh, Gran Turismo take up like a third of my hard drive, and I'm like, I'm kind of done with both these games, but I, at the same time, I'm not really done. Like, I might just delete Call of Duty. I bought the Battle Pass, and that was kind of a mistake. I think I'm, I think I'm done with Call of Duty. I just know, like, once I delete them, they're gone forever because I won't have the time or patience to to install them again. They're first in line to the guillotine on Steve's hard drive. They are. Once you're at the, if you're at the top. The one game, I, the reason being is because I was trying to hold out on beating or a platinuming uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Because mm-hmm. as soon as I platinum it, it's a great feeling when you platinum a game. You can just delete it off your hard drive. Mm-hmm. Um, even games I love were like Guacamelee, one of the best games ever. But I, I got so happy deleting it off my hard drive when I platinum it. Um, but so I was trying to get there with Fallen Order and I was playing it a little bit here and there. But now I'm just... I'm, Playing the end game of that game is awful. It's just a shitty experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, yeah. But I I'm, I'm fast travel. Sure. Just let me fast travel between the, the meditation points. I know. That's all, that's all it needs. And then it's instantly a more enjoyable experience. Exactly. <sighs> anyway, so that was Plus, my PAX experience. And I've been playing Super Crush KO, which I already talked about. And everyone should go play. Unless you're waiting for trophies, then buy it on PS4 when it comes out probably there. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be checking out a bunch of Cosmo Cat games. Because they're participating in our Steam Curator program. And if you want us to try your games, talk about it on the show and put it on our Curator page, you can join that. Um, so I'll be playing those this week. Uh, also, I'm going to be, I'm really hyped for, do you know Kentucky Route Zero? Episode 5 is coming out this week? No. Oh, it's been four years since Episode 4. Four years, dude. Of and what? Kentucky Route Zero is kind of like a cult, it's like a cult hit game. It's like a, it's a really pretty 2D sort of text adventure almost um and yeah and the last episode four came out in 2016 and then it was radio silence for yeah i guess until a couple weeks ago when they announced annapurna's the publisher who Mm -hmm. did um wadham and uh donut county 
It's coming at day one, episode five. is also coming to PS4 and Xbox One and Switch, I think, called like the Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition. Uh, and episode five is launching as like the free update on PC. So I'm very excited. That's January 28th. That's going to be my big game of the week. And then once I beat that, I'll just play all these other games. Yeah, sure. I'd recommend checking it out if it's on PS4. It's, it's, it's a really good game. I think it's coming to PS4. Yeah, it is. It was on the PlayStation blog. It was like the front game of the drop. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to do that. But, Steve, tell me what you've been playing. Uh, so I did dabble, in, like I mentioned, uh, in Darwin Project. I actually mm-hmm. uh, I, I enjoyed it. Um, they It definitely lacked some polish. I saw people complain about crashing. It never did crash for me, but it just kind of like felt weird and sort of mm-hmm. jittery. Um and the, there is like they they say it's like a survival like kind of uh, battle royale, but you don't really need to do much sur- like you don't have to eat or anything like that. You really just need to kind of light a fire every now and then, which is funny about the matchstick or match. Yeah, uh, don't freeze. Match- yeah, exactly. like the matchstick literally on the one side's a logo, the other side's don't freeze. Yeah, so it's I I like it. I, I want to play more now that the trophies are patched uh, or fixed or whatever. I'll play. But have um, you played a match as like the the GM type like? No, with... so that unlocks at like level five or something like that. Okay. I think I'm like level. I'm, I'm a few matches away from that, and I, I tried wanna... a couple of those, and that was really fun. Yeah, I want to try that. It it's the most Hunger Games battle royale game yet, because <laughs> it because that's a great way to that. describe it. Um, and it's it's smaller scale, right? Like it's only ten character or ten players, and mm-hmm. instead of like a circle kind of drawing in a random area, it's like the the world is like kind of eight blocks or nine blocks and sort of a block yeah it's like it's like of... settlers of Catan pieces yeah exactly um so and i want to play more in. it's it's on the to-do list i have a couple games on like the to-do list stretchbot is on there as well because they gave us codes and uh, shout out to stretchbot on steam now um wait come to steam next month uh next month yeah wishlist it why not uh but i have been in a little bit in weave weave heaven because dragon ball z kakarot came out which is mm-hmm. great. i've seen just gifs of people like doing the driving is that the one where you can drive uh, you can drive, yeah, because it's a big, yeah. uh, it's a it's a fan favorite like uh, non canon episode uh, of where they get their driver's license, and it's just nice. ridiculous because they're like training to like basically not die because they've been told that in the future they're going to die, so they mm-hmm. they they're training to for their lives, and the the one mom the one wife like makes them get their driver's license and like they could just fly and and just instantly transmit like transport anything they want like it's it was silly. Uh, but you can drive in the game. But I I got the trophies. I haven't done it since. But uh, it's awesome. It's sort of like like a remake in a sense where all this like because it just retells the story pretty faithfully. They missed some parts, but mm-hmm. pretty faithfully. So it's like retelling all these like scenes from like '90s animations. Like the original Dragon Ball Z aired from like 1989 to like 1996 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty old animation. And now it's just like beautiful like kind of 2020 you know, PS4 graphics. So it's great to see like these iconic scenes, like for me, uh, like retold and it's sort of like how Resident Evil 2 is remade. And it's just like, the shit looked awesome back in the day. And now this looks even like way better. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like, it's much better than I thought it was or that it was going to be. Um, and I want to find them. It, it's, it's, it's a little kind of drawn out. Like it's a little, it's stretched a little bit too much without actually kind of, expanding the gameplay mm-hmm. um but that's but you know i i still have a little bit like i'm maybe 66 percent through so we'll okay see. <clears throat> the other game that i've been playing is uh my hero academia or i think that's what's called has a has like a battle uh arena fighting game it's the mighty 
Fight Federation type of game I was thinking about. Okay. Um, and uh, Heather and I have been playing that and what just do you playing think? online. It's it's fun. Uh, I'm not big on fighting games, but it, something about it has really grabbed me, and uh, I I'm awful at it, but it's pretty it's pretty solid. It's like it's not a traditional like 3D fighter. It's more kind of arcadey and chaotic and just sort of like crazy. It like it looks really nice too. It runs really smoothly, so it it's just like a cool looking fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm down with it. But it's it, I feel like I've just been playing weeb games like the last week. Like just hey, that's okay. All these anime games. So I got um I got really into I had like a little weeb month where I did um Catherine and Persona Five and the Persona Dancing games, which is probably yeah. the most weeb shit I've played. Every now and then, you just need some weeb in your life, you know. I don't know if that's true, but I think <laughs> I can respect the people who feel that. I think you can play Persona, and then that's it. Don't you don't have to play anything else. Persona Five is really good, though. Don't even Persona. bother with Persona; just throw that away. Okay, that's it for what we've been playing, <laughs> and that's it for this episode of the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and if you want to help us keep the site running, covering the Canadian game dev scene, and building this community, you can support us over on Patreon.com/slash. Canadian game devs. We're backing us. We'll get you early access to this show, a special channel on our Discord, key giveaways for when we buy humble bundles, uh, as well as our undying gratitude, as well as early access to interviews like the interview we recently did with Adam Robinson Yu, the developer of A Short Hike, which will be going up for Patreons on Monday and then for everyone else on Wednesday, is my plan. Oh, cool. Perfect. Yeah, uh, it was a really good interview and it was really just me as a huge fan of A Short Hike, just kind of nerding out over it and validating all my, is this inspired by this? Did you get this from this? And yeah, but there's also a lot of interesting stuff in there about indie game development and uh, how we got into it. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we'd like to thank our top tier patrons uh, here at the end of the episode. So a big shout out to Andrew Hockulik, Aaron McLeod, Cody Cormier, Dmitry Kornikov, Elizabeth Avery. Thanks mom. Hanel, Jean Leggett, <laughs> Jeff Shepstone, Jeffrey Canham, who's bracket gaff metal, bracket uh kai hutchins m5 games good stretch bot now uh matthew minot pixel knots underscore alex get terminal velocity uh and slaughter neko thank you so much for all of your support uh and again if you want to be one of these amazing people and my mom at the end of every episode you can go over to <laughs> patreon.com slash king game devs and support us uh and also go join our discord go follow us on twitter uh and rate and review the show on itunes oh yeah please do that please do that um yeah thanks for joining me steve we'll be back we missed a week because i was in pax and we were both just really busy but we're gonna keep this a weekly show oh yeah yeah. oh yeah we we post on twitter about that yeah we we, the 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 community knew there there was no discontent but that won't happen again probably uh thanks for thanks for joining steve have a great week hope all our fans have a good week and yeah talk to us on on discord there we go Bye. Bye.